0: have you seen succession nicole
1: uh yeah i watched the first season okay. i haven't started the second season yet um i know Dash is in the fucking third season but yeah. yeah no i really liked uh first season i am uh super down bad for roman same <laughs> he's a, he's same. a gremlin
0: my my friends um were a bunch of my friends were in town this last week and the the quote that ended up being the catchphrase of the trip was the one like succession edit of the yas slay very high camp (laughs) it just became something that we kept repeating the entire time um i don't know where it came from (laughs) and I, I... i yeah it
1: doesn't i don't know it doesn't sound familiar may, I don't know maybe someone said it during like the because I've only seen the first season just the during the uh bachelor party
0: well I think I think it's a clip from f- it's three different clips
1: oh and they're just like um, spliced together yeah, yeah
0: but one of them know- is it like
2: from the show it's from like a random Jeremy Strong interview that he did
0: <laughs> well that's that's what I was gonna ask is I don't know where the um, Matthew McFadden saying slay as Tom comes from because it the action I think I've, that's every- also
2: like from another interview
1: with the actor
0: it's, him, it's it was him his in press tour for box. pride
1: and prejudice he was talking about uh, <laughs> uh Jane Austen that bitch could slay
0: <laughs> I I really hope that I think part of the humor would be if it's not even him saying just slay like what if it was like some other word they cut like a slice from i I slayed the dragon or uh, yeah
1: i what what does santa take a ride on his yeah
0: (laughs) something totally unrelated but i want to know if i'm hoping fabiola do you know is the interview with jeremy strong where he says very high camp was he talking about succession
2: in that clip? I have no idea. <laughs> it's like that out of context.
0: It's, I think, um, that clip, that those, those series of, of, of quotes should be used as, like, a reaction video to You should make, like, a remix. Everything. Try to get a remix of it and use it, like, an intro. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, should we... Should we just get Jeremy Strong saying very high camp and put that in our introduction to every single episode? Honestly, do it. Like,
1: it's too, like, good not to use. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yes. Slay. Very high camp.
1: All right, so we're ready to talk about the only good, a really, an actually good superhero movie.
0: Yeah! Um, okay, yeah, let's get started. Hello and welcome to It's Giving Camp. I'm Saffron. And I'm Fabiola. And today we have with us our guest.
1: Hi, it's Nicole. Uh, Nicole Veneto, to be specific. Um, I am the co-host of Marvelous, or The Depth of Cinema, uh, where me and my co-host, uh, Discourse to, Tyrell James, we are doing the very masochistic uh, thing which is watching pretty much like every movie in the MCU as well as like DCU as well still trying to eventually feel like the backlog of like older Marvel movies but just charting the descent into the Marvel machine that has now become Hollywood and the blockbuster uh, formula and just just mapping how cinema is dying because it's just swimming in I, IP. Um, but we we agreed so far, we're, we just finished phase two and we agree probably the, the best that we had watched so far was unfortunately The Dark Knight, which I think just turned like 14 today, um, which is interesting, just uh, I guess just to segue into the movie we're doing. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to tackle uh, the next few movies in the DCU. So we're going to have to watch fucking Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad, which I saw in theaters. And oh boy, is that movie stinky. P U. <laughs> at least I didn't pay for the tickets. I won like free AMC tickets uh, oh. at a Rocky Horror Picture Show like event and i brought my friend cormac who's like a meme douchebag shit lord like i am we're like oh we're gonna go see this because the the marketing for it was already like hot topic the movie the day the like first images of the joker uh jared leto joker dropped and just the fucking damaged tattoo on his head everyone was like this is gonna be shit uh but i do remember after seeing it the the one thing i was like you know, that Margot Robbie, they gave her some terrible fucking dialogue, but she did her own fucking stunts. And you know what? She, she rocked it as, I can see her as Harley. They shouldn't have just given her all this bad, like hot topic t-shirt dialogue though. Um, And so, and now she is Harley. And now she is Harley. Um, And then Birds of Prey was actually, I think the last movie I saw in theaters before COVID
0: same same we saw Um, it in theaters
1: together before covid it was i i was delighted it was i don't know if either of you have seen tank girl um seen parts of it it's it's dc's tank girl i highly recommend tank girl tank girl is great um very very campy i think you guys would love to do an episode on it um but i i really really love margot robbie as harley um I think there's it's just it's it's nice kind of nice, like this world sucks but it's nice that we live in a world where like we have such a talented actress that she can on the one hand like play a crazy badass clown lady and on the other hand barbie yes like and i think that is there's just inherent camp in that like uh, like I reread Susan Sontag's uh, notes on camp. Not that it's the be all, all and end all on camp sensibilities, but uh, like the the emphasis on uh, specifically like artifice and like the exaggeration and like exaggeration is very much Harley Quinn's character. Yeah, um, agreed. And that's exaggeration is also just the very uh, formula behind what makes the Suicide Squad an actually good movie. Um yeah. I know yeah so I I I know Fabiola is like burning to talk about this because it's her favorite movie. So I will hand the mic off to her.
2: Um, yeah this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like there's there's something about it that just it does something to my brain. But should we like do a kind of plot
0: summary? Yeah, have we said yet? We're discussing the Suicide Squad. As yeah, in, not, yeah. The not 20- Suicide Squad, yes. not the David Ayer <laughs> shit fest that uh,
1: just, yeah, no, we are talking about the Suicide Squad directed by uh, James Gunn. Um, and actually before, before we start, I, I do want to give a shout out because I think it's very, very important that we acknowledge uh, the person that is largely arguably responsible for this movie happening and that is um mike gorilla mindfet cernovich uh for getting for losing his shit over james gunn's cool tweets and then crying and uh calling his boss to get him fired fired from marvel (laughs) mike cernovich basically getting james gunn fired from marvel is the reason we have this movie and i think there's something amazing in that It's just so ironically funny if not kind of campy maybe
0: uh how the situation played out Um, yeah it didn't it didn't even work right because now he is no because now he's (laughs) yeah it didn't even work in the end because
1: kevin feige like marvel or the people at disney i guess they saw you know how well james gunn was getting along like the how well james gunn was getting along with the suicide squad um not that it was as big of a hit at the box office like i think it underperformed it didn't make back its entire budget um at the box office which is shocking but i think that was partly because of covid uh yeah disney saw both like how well that production was going and just how many people were like james Gunn is like the only real actual director marvel studios has that's like it's like john watts and then the property brothers which is just my affectionate nickname for the russos um so it's yeah it's arguably the the best thing that ever happened to dcu except for hiring coffee on for uh birds of prey that was yeah that was a, a great fucking decision
2: yeah so one of my um main sources that i like wrote about is the New York Times profile on James Gunn that they made
0: mm.
2: a few weeks before the Suicide Squad came out where they they made it they made a timeline of the order of events like the firing happened like the old tweets resurfaced July 2018 and was rehired by Marvel on March 2019 so it was way before the Suicide Squad probably even started filming.
1: Oh, oh yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I think it was, and I think it was like, they were, I, I read a little bit of production stuff because I kind of approached this uh, similar to how I do with my own podcast. Um, just And I also just like looking up production stuff, but there were like several directors, like Dup Warner was eyeing before like James Gunn became available. And wouldn't you know, all of them were like terrible. Yeah after all those
2: other director names got thrown around and James got fired but then Warner Brothers called him the Monday after that happened so pretty
1: immediately. That was such a smart business move <laughs> you know, just like just just sweeping it swooping in like a guy like who's just like who's just really thirsty for a girl who's just recently broken up for their girlfriend like it's yes yeah and they
2: apparently first offered him a superman movie which is an even bolder move it's an even bolder move like here's
0: the biggest superhero yeah (laughs) that we already have ruined did he yeah. did he turn it down or did he i think he
1: yes he did yeah he, i think he uh i read that he had gone to like after this like conversation was initiated he was like well you know uh like warner basically was like okay you you don't want to do superman take your pick what what the fuck do you, they gave him like carte blanche uh and he was like you know what i want to do a suicide squad movie and the only stipulation basically Warner had and i i don't i don't think i've ever disclosed this um i know on twitter i have i i kind of have like beef with warner brothers cuz they refused to release uh the uncut version of the devils on uh yeah. you know in america so you know fuck you warner but uh warner they were like okay our only stipulation james Gunn, you can we're, we're not going to breathe down your neck while you're making this movie we're not going to give you like you know a rubric like you know kevin feige would give you where it's like you got to do this 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 it has to tie into this 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 their only stipulation was please please bring back margot robbie oh so they they asked for margot yeah because she's the only good thing in that suicide squad <laughs> movie. yeah like she's the only good thing
2: yeah, in the profile, he says that Warner Brothers said that they would like Margot to be in there, but you don't have to put her there. Yeah. But we would like her to be there. They
1: wanted James Gunn that bad. Wow. Like, like it's like almost like a, like I imagine like a Bette Davis, Joan Crawford, like rivalry between like Kevin Feige and whoever is the deemed face of the DCU. I don't know who the fuck is running it. Or just I'm just imagine like two queens going at it, like and and like James Gunn is basically like, like it's like a child custody battle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the one thing I I did look up that apparently James Gunn proposed the title The Suicide Squad as a complete joke, and the war the execs at Warner Brothers were like, "It's perfect," perfect." (laughs) and James Gunn was like, "I literally just put the in front of it," but okay, that's camp. Oh, we should probably give a little bit of a plot summary of what's going on in this movie because it's it's yeah, how
0: do we give a how how do we summarize the suicide squad for someone who doesn't know the concept of suicide squad I feel like
2: I, I could do it. So the Suicide Squad as a concept is about the government having this team called Task Force X. And it's utilized for shady operations, either on U.S. soil or abroad, where if something goes wrong, they can easily blame the villains because it's a look, a bunch of villains running around. Of course, they did something bad. And it's headed by Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. And... This movie is basically the mission where the squad is sent out to destroy some documents slash government experiment in the fictional Latin American island
1: of Corto Maltese. And they find a much bigger problem going
0: on over there. (laughs) Uh, Literally. (laughs) Yes. Um... And the main characters on the team, there's initially two teams, but they join up together. We have, obviously, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, um, Idris Elba. Where's her Oscar? Where is her Oscar? I've
1: made this point several times, but, like, we have now given two different actors Oscars for playing the Joker. Where is Margot Robbie's? Although she's, I, I foresee an Academy Award in the yeah. future. Maybe for should Barbie. Be- Maybe for Barbie. Wow, I hope. But so. like she's already but been nominated, where's but the
2: Oscar for Harley. For that, yeah, where's role the Oscar specifically? for Harley?
1: In this yeah. this movie, she's just like every they should have given her an honorary Oscar or just for like the first suicide squad, just for like <laughs> putting up with that shit and doing all of her os- own stunts, basically. Yeah. She Which, did what she
0: could with that movie. <laughs> Side note, there should be Oscars for stunts. Um yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway so we've got the Margot Robbie we've got Aegis Elba as Bloodsport we have uh, Sylvester Stallone voicing a shark King, King
2: Shark he, I,
1: <laughs> who is an all CG like motion capture character not unlike uh, you know I, I've watched a couple James Gunn movies like I watched Slither in a like short film he did um as well as guardians of the galaxy and he kind of has an affinity towards like either small little guys or creatures just running around doing (laughs) like heinous shit um i joked earlier that i am moe through helplessness no king shark is moe through helplessness and (laughs) and hunger but he learns to love and have friends um so touching oh my god there are emotional character arcs in this in this fucking movie (laughs) it is found family
0: it does with superhero like it is it's actually found family oh my god yeah okay wait so who's the rest of this cast oh my god it's such a cast rat, you got rat Jan- catcher yeah. two yes um, daughter
1: of rat yeah. catcher one um oh my god what's the what's the actress's name she's daniela oh, daniela i love her. her she's yeah. she's fantastic um she she's a she's great uh her father is taiko atiti uh we also have on our well, john cena
0: as peacemaker
1: john cena as yeah. peacemaker the john cena uh john cena who is a good ass actor <laughs> who is perfectly cast in this role yeah like and i arguably i think i made a note like could you argue his like casting as peacemaker is kind of camp in it If not, like, like obviously not naive camp. Like, this movie I would put in the category of, like, deliberate camp. Not that that makes that any lesser, but, like... um, It knows what it's doing. Yeah. I don't know how much of, like, whether anyone's really looked at the relationship between, like, camp and, like, meta-references, like, meta-textual sort of, like, meaning. Because I feel like there is something to be, like, mined from casting, like, this someone like john cena in a role like this that is like you know i've this is peacemaker is what captain america would actually be in real life mm-hmm. uh not a sweet uh good-hearted you know himbo but a despicable uh uh basically right-wing crazy person with a with a gun and a stupid helmet
2: yeah Peacemaker for me is one of the many camp aspects of this movie like not just with the can- casting of John Cena because the movie is really aware of what John Cena looks like physically yes. yes like the movie knows that most people do not look like this and the this in question is basically a real life uh, comic book character, like the
0: way that they're drawn. He's like
1: a, he's got Jojo proportions, basically.
0: His <laughs> veins in his arms are just bulging. They're just popping out constantly.
1: They're like that one, that one picture, his arms look like that one meme picture of the kid that's like- Yes, oh, I yeah, know exactly the kid, the, the kid with the throbbing vein, he's like, you know, don't nut. Like that's what John Cena's arms always look like.
0: That's where they're holding flag. Nothing like a bloodbath to start the day.
1: They call you Peacemaker.
0: I cherish peace with all my heart. I don't care how many men, women, and children I need to kill to get it. What's that you are the crazy one? Oh, yeah.
2: And I I also love Peacemaker's outfit. Oh, it's so it's campy, campy too. It, it, It's very much in the vein. It, it looks exactly like how it's drawn in the silver age comics
1: yeah it looks and, very like 60 50 60s
2: era yeah and like overall in the film it's it's very camp how much it embraces pulpy iconography especially in contrast to every other superhero movie that's coming
1: out oh it's so refreshing head explosions <laughs> uh actual sets um which apparently these the the sets built for this movie are apparently the biggest that have ever been made for a warner brothers production oh wow when you think about it is fucking crazy or insane to think about like they like like how many major intellectual properties just warner like have like you know harry potter all all these other fucking big blockbuster movies but like they James Gunn he was like I wanted to he made that like beach beach set that like opens the movie where uh half the cast that well we didn't introduce the other cast because they kind the other team too much cuz most of them just get murked immediately including (laughs) uh including pete davidson he gets he he gets his face shot off in the most satisfying way yeah uh, because i think a lot of people were worried he was going to be like the james leto james leto who the fuck is james leto (laughs) jared leto of this movie because like just kind of similar vibes from their like public image um and then he just like not even 15 minutes in, gets shot in the fucking face and it's
0: it's also so Kiss. fun that they set up um like michael rucker michael rooker how do you say yeah. his last name yeah michael Rucker is savant and he's like he's how it opens and he's this brooding character you know he's got the johnny cash that opening shot camera movement is so good too. and then he's the character who panics and yeah. tries to run and gets his head blown and then like 10 15 minutes in we suddenly switch to oh here's our actual main
1: character more more importantly he gets killed and his blood is used to provide Warner Brothers proudly presents yes. which oh my god I, I could talk about like I another thing I just shortly I love the like creative transitions. And like opening titles and like you know meanwhile like the location that's so inspired and does so much rather than like i watch a fucking bland ass marvel movie and it's in the quarter new york july 5th 8 17 in the morning it
0: looks like
1: and it's just a it's just an overhead shot of like a
0: fake cgi constructed fucking ugly ass building I think the thing with i mean so i don't read a lot of comics but is it fair to say that those like title cards are very much like comic book panels
2: yeah not only in the sense that they're very clearly taking up a lot of space in the frame but also in their interactions with the rest of the illustrations
1: Mm -hmm. this this movie has such a like great use of cinematography um like yes. everything is bright like i can see things it's not all like gray it's not sh- you know the light there's lighting the lighting is so gorgeous in this movie i can see people like even in the fucking like jungle scenes i can see yeah i can see people like it's not like you know robert pattinson you know standing in the corner and i just see like his
0: chin i honestly can't think of like any superhero film that has scenes that take place in like broad daylight like there's there's the scenes in when they're rescuing harley quinn that's like it's in a square a stone square and it's like day it's middle of the day they're just walking around (laughs) it's also really
2: bright daylight because this movie does a lot of really cool backlighting so it just makes everything look way brighter
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: which you want because you know what comic books are colorful why you wouldn't want to make a colorful like comic book adaptation is beyond me which was you know why i found like man of steel so like shockingly off tone i just i and also like i've i'm known to be a bit of a gorehound. um one thing means to consistently complain about is just the lack of uh <laughs> the lack of the lack of violence and like split like you know stuff like that you know someone gets shot and they just fall over maybe there's some CGI like blood spray it's not anything like so far the, the best death we have watched in a Marvel movie came in the Captain America movie when a guy gets like shredded in a plane propeller. That's oh. it That's, that is, and then, like, oh, yeah, and Tim Roth gets, like, yeeted into a tree in, like, the Incredible Hulk movie. That's, but that's more, like, funny. Uh, But, like, I've said on numerous episodes, like, how cool would it be if, like, Iron Man just ripped a guy's head off or, or like, uh, or, like, Hulk just ate a guy or something? Like, we see heads being ripped off and and people being, and heads being ripped off. Head explosions, decapitations. Uh the end, uh Doctor Who gets like thrown, he gets his arm ripped ripped off and thrown and splattered against a wall. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. One of the
2: like not only is does this movie look visually really beautiful, it's also kind of trashy in the sense that it's like really gory and it's just very much willing to be unsavory in ways that so many other superhero movies do not want to do that at all
1: which i've seen you kind of mention uh like it's like a kind of a a a cup of verhoven in there which i just i would agree especially in the way like just the use
0: of violence um i have two thoughts about the violence in the sense of like first off i think something that we kind of talked about when we were like talking about buffy was this idea of like poor special effects can often gets called like campy yeah and this film i think the, S, the fx are like Really good actually. They're incredible. Like, it's really gory and it like it's bloody and it looks real. Um yeah. and there are some practical effects in there too, which is yeah. like And it's... I think it's then that's interesting to think of like, oh, like highly stylized and like highly like practical and highly good can still be camp. Um, because it's like on the other end of extreme.
1: I, I actually have an opinion on that and I think it's uh, kind of like we, if, if you look into it like Marvel movies and so like a lot of movies in these genres, they, they want them to be shot like with a lot of coverage so that they're basically made in post, like in editing so they can, you know, change shit around. They don't have to commit to like a singular vision. That's why they're always standing in front of green screens because, you know, the, the producers can't agree on what shade the Sky should be in the background or whatever. So they're like, fuck it, we're gonna, we're not gonna hire, you know, union working set designers or builders. We're just gonna make a bunch of people in Korea uh, work long hours to get this done by like the end of this week. Uh, But like, just because that is the, uh, like we've gotten to a point now where like television looks better than a lot of movies yeah so it's like it's like a reversal from you know where like whereas like you know you would expect like Buffy like something like like in the 90s with those kind of effects but like now we're like so used to seeing like all right CG that a lot of it just you know glazes over because it's just it's so shiny and smooth and pristine whereas like now they're reserving kind of the hardcore edgier stuff for like HBO and television like prestige TV Mm -hmm. um so I think it I think it's a a, like to a degree kind of like not even not necessarily camp but like almost just like very deliberate I think on James Gunn's James Gunn's part like really not like seeing how septic a lot of these you know big budget bloated Marvel movies and hell, DCU movies too are, are and being like, you know, we can we can do so much fun shit with violence. Why aren't we utilizing like all of the filmmaking uh technologies and uh processes we have at our disposal? Like, why are we streamlining this product? So I think it it's also a lot of uh that as well. Um, I don't know, Fabiola, what do you think?
2: Yeah. Like, I love just how textured this movie is. And yeah, it's textured in the sense that a lot of other blockbuster movies nowadays aren't. They look really digital and very smooth. Meanwhile, this movie, you really feel like you can touch it. And I, I feel like it kind of correlates to how... um like, really, kind of sleazy. The vibe of the movie is I because love it's like so.
1: Yeah, it's like seventies grindhouse a little bit.
2: Yeah, and how, like the opening scene and all the jungle scenes really reminded me reminded me of like Vietnam movies, which adds mm. in a retro aspect. Yeah,
1: or even you know like like a yeah like a like a um fucking like a Apocalypse Now or even like a Rambo or something like that. Uh, or even just, like, a cheapo B-movie, like, yeah, no, and also the fact that it's, like, real leaves, they're not walking yeah. through, like, past, like, maybe a tree, a real tree or two, and everything else is CG, like, the the fact that this movie has a material, like, there's a real materiality to it, and Camp is very much a uh, sensibility of, like, artifice, and uh material and extravagance and the fact that it this is a movie that actually indulges in filmmaking for a superhero movie like god i'd be damned and um i'm also like just by comparison like i noted this on my guardians of the galaxy episode just how very much restrained james gunn is in that movie compared to this because i watched this before i re-watched guardians of the galaxy mm. which was a smart decision because this is james gunn like off the leash like with slither i haven't seen super but i know super goes like real hardcore like this is this is re- this is james gunn when you leave him the fuck alone let him make something good and actually you know what can we can we talk about while we're kind of on the topic of fabiola while you brought up like you know looking at looking wanting to like see and touch everything like i just think the like the best scene of the movie there's a lot of great scenes in this movie but personally my my favorite i think you'll agree is is carly quinn breaking out of the uh uh yeah the, the president's uh house he's yeah the president, one of the, like, the prime
2: minister highlights of the movie yeah i think it's in the like president's house slash a holding the area for prisoners or something but yeah that's one of the camp heights of the movie for yeah, so like many reasons the,
1: because like the especially at, at one point like harley quinn she's she's got like the javelin um and she's just like ripping people's throats out um but the way like you know there's there's blood of course and like you know you see some gnarly shit but there's also like like flowers and hearts and butterflies and shit that like come out like did animated birds it's animated and like it's it's a great use of like cg-ish animation too
0: because it's
1: it's it's like letting us see the blood but it's also like at the same time kind of to like james gunn's benefit because i know like the MPAA, uh well they're the mpa now but I I know for a fact they really don't like blood splatter too much. Um, They've like given movies nc 17s in the past over like, not that that's a huge rating now, but they've given it over like, you know, you can't be having the blood like spray out so much. Like that was a problem with like, I I think like the original cut of Robocop. Um, But like, yeah, like, you know, the more savage, that scene goes on she's just like it's it's like harley vision uh and i think there's something there's a inherent campiness to the tying of like you know cutesy kitsch like cutesy aesthetic and like grotesque violence like that's something inherently camp to that it's also very
2: like ballet-ish when she's like twirling around in that yeah beautiful dress and I do, it's the combination of all those things.
0: <laughs> I do think that that like the Harley vision of like the colors and the explosions when she's doing violence. I, I love how it's stylized in the Suicide Squad. I do feel like that must be like Kathy Yon like did it first with Oh Birds yeah, of Prey. yeah. I I um, can't wait
1: to rewatch Birds of Prey because uh, in that yeah, film i do, there's I do also, remember like, that was also explosions with, of pink
0: of... and blue and hearts yeah. and stuff and that and so i i uh i i'm glad that that's like kind of a stylistic choice that has been carried over but also in each film there it is their own each director has their own kind of style of of yeah. doing it yeah <laughs> not
1: david Ayer yeah <laughs> or, or or the producers that made me not not that his original cut of suicide squad was probably any good it, it was probably terrible but uh i the, the I don't production I, made yeah. it worse the, the production made it worse and the uh producers and on this movie had the wise wise decision to just leave james gunn the fuck alone and let him uh do what he wants and, and let him cast his brother as a disgusting nasty weasel that was <laughs> totally totally a meta co- like like commentary like James Gunn own joke on, like, how merchandisable, like, Rocket Raccoon became. Because that's, yeah. like, like how a uh, fucking uh, Peacemaker would be Captain America in real life. Weasel would be uh, rac- rac- Rocket Raccoon in real life. Uh, a thing, like, what's that, what's that line? Like, you know, he he's killed, like, 30 kids. <laughs> They're like, this thing is not cute. <laughs> it's, it's disgusting. It's drooling. I think it has, like, a little dick, too. <laughs>
0: Yo, is this a dog? What? Is, is this thing a dog? A, a dog? Yes. What? What kind of dog do you think it is, mate? I don't know. I'm not familiar with all the breeds. I'm gonna go with Afghan hound. This is, when an Afghan yeah, bloody thumbs? Oh my god! Is it a werewolf? I wanted to meet a werewolf forever. Yo, they sent me into a werewolf! Right. Yo, let me out! I do not fuck with <laughs> I have so many like questions and, and things that I want to to bring up and maybe one that that is kind of like a transition from specifically that Harley scene is like asking about the the soundtrack and the music um oh yeah this is for both of you because I'm like I'm curious what you think of the kind of music that plays in this film Mm -hmm. and like I I feel like I remember Fabiola I've heard you talking before about how you think like the era of the songs that are picked out as really interesting.
2: Yeah, um, I, I really like the music in this movie, mostly because you can tell that it's music, it's music that James genuinely likes. Because in a lot of other movies with um, licensed music, it's usually just slapping on whatever popular old song there is and even though a lot of these are old songs they're they're genuinely they're songs that you can tell he genuinely likes and i i loved how they kind of fit the vibe of the characters in the movie specifically like they gelled really well
0: yeah yeah i think it's so like the needle drops aren't like cynical they aren't cynical <laughs> i was also gonna say like they're not yeah they're like not already super popular iconic songs
1: and and or super obvious or or like i like i've discussed this a lot because marvel is known for their needle drops like james gunn made guardians of the galaxy and guardians of the galaxy is like like a huge reason it was super popular even though like Guardians was not a very well-known Marvel-like property when it was released was because of the soundtrack and because of the use yeah. of the music. Um like I have a friend of mine who like <laughs> he bought like a uh, a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy like edition like vinyl with a like a uh, I think it came with a record player too. Uh wow. like a vinyl record player. Yeah, like the the freaking merchandising for Guardians of the Galaxy was like insane. That's that's why we called our our episode the uh, fucking assemble Pump, Funko Pops. Uh, yeah. But like in in this movie, like it also feels like casting, uh, you know, like like casting John Cena and like using the violence. Like it feels like also very uh, 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 a very uh, like a deliberate commentary on the on what superhero movies are doing today like iron man kind of started the whole uh like needle drop you need to have a good needle drop you need to have a needle drop in your superhero movie you know i am iron man uh the worst example of it was uh like the use of the clash in iron man 2 which is like joe strummer would have none of this you fucking asshole um or, or like i think the worst example is also just the first Suicide Squad movie, which the first hour of which is literally like a a a music video, just mm. obvious song after obvious song after. And they're obvious only song. played like, for like five seconds each. Yeah, it's like, oh look, oh Har- we're introducing Harley Quinn. Oh, you don't own me. It's it's yeah. like like so stupidly obvious. Like like something like a fourteen year old would come up with a better like track of like music
0: to accompany it i feel like music often in needle drops often gets used in as like a stand-in for character development like, oh absolutely it's be- it becomes exposition
1: it becomes like oh this is how we gotta feel about this character oh you know here's the attitude of harley quinn you don't own her or like yeah. I, I don't know they were playing some like spanish rap when uh what's that what's that character they totally waste name with the fire powers Uh, and the cool, like, uh, skull skull tattoo. But, like, this movie, you can read this movie as, like, James Gunn, like, kicking the shit out of Ayer's Suicide Squad.
0: We're discussing, like, a lot of these camp elements of this film and thinking about it as, like, a superhero film as well, and what does it mean for the superhero genre. It also just works as a film, I think. Absolutely. absolutely fucking lately And I,
1: yeah. The the best of these movies work as films by themselves. Like, The Dark Knight, even if it like wasn't necessarily a Batman movie. Even, I mean, if it if it wasn't a it. Okay, let's let's be real. If The Dark Knight didn't have Batman on it, it would just be a very obvious like Michael Mann ripoff. But, but I think it it has enough story elements that like you know you can just give the characters different names and it works on its own. Mm-hmm. Basically, whereas like most of these movies, all of the hype and the entertainment value is attached to like the IP itself and the characters and like the tapping into like the, the fan base that already exists for these characters. And what James Gunn does that's brilliant is he just takes like a bunch of, he scrapes the bottom of the barrel for the stupidest ass like superheroes. like fucking polka dot man t uh, like kid
0: d- d- detachable the detachable
1: kid. kid uh there's yeah javelin just just a guy throws a javelin yeah which is which is great and also like you can art just like that aspect as well like you know just the idea of even just scrape scraping the bottom of the barrel of the ip bin and you know what the brilliant thing is he gives them an actual character in an arc and they're real
0: right <laughs> The, the polka dot man is a real like yes. DC character. He's a yes. Batman
1: villain, I think.
2: Yeah, and one of the really cool, one of the many really cool things about this movie is that it doesn't really try to make fun of him. It just takes this character really seriously and with the power and I love the juxtaposition of the very bright polka dots and the darkness that they carry thematically and also body yeah it has got like the emo
1: kid like hair bowl cut yeah too
0: <laughs> yeah the body horror is also
1: that's such a great that's oh the body horror element is i've also said uh like we need more body horror in our superhero movies and this movie delivers on that there's like the 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 scene where they they finally see like oh we've been like like we as in the United States empire and you know Amanda Waller and whatnot uh basically been like helping run like these horrific experiments using uh oh we didn't even say the uh the main villain of this movie is a giant fucking starfish yeah like the size of like Pink and seven skyscrapers fish. yeah with a big ass uh, it's fucking Patrick Star but scary and disgusting uh like and it makes like little baby versions of itself that like fly onto her face, like a face hugger from alien and like control you like a zombie. So there's the, the suicide squad, you know, rolls up, sees the experiment and there's just like a guy with like just the upper half of his body. And there's just like guts spilling out and no legs. like yeah. just, Like twitching and it's horrifying and it's practical. It's like, that's yeah. not a CGI like blood. That's like an actual prop and it was amazing. I was I I god, this movie I might actually have to like really rewatch again shortly and maybe bump up my rating from like a 4 to a 4.5 because it's it's really a miracle this movie exists and it's not like it's not like in the Deadpool model where like all the jokes are like oh, it's pop culture references or like the joke is solely like, you know, it's a superhero movie but he swears and says poop. You know there's there's an actual heartfelt like emotional core to the characters in these movies like uh uh dead uh i almost said dead shot uh uh blood sports relationship with his daughter, uh played yeah. by storm reed um king shark uh developing like a you know understanding of friendship you know f- f- uh people are friends not food yeah uh, rat catchers uh arc um her like getting getting Bloodsport to eventually like pet her rat like that's the fine that's the final shot of the movie too yeah Uh, is, is you know Bloodsport slowly petting this little cute little cgi rat which I don't mind that it's a cgi rat not that they were gonna use
2: I think they're two real rats
1: I like that he has a little backpack too that's so cute um and and like the polka dot man he has I mean he dies at the end but he dies a hero I and mean, he he dies literally saying like the last thing he says before he dies is i'm a real superhero um and that's like completion of an arc like the fact that this movie has like emotional arcs uh like even harley quinn she her like her little arc is you know she realizes like not that she didn't already realize this in birds of prey but like Bitch, I don't need like you know. I I know my boundaries. This is an unhealthy relationship, so I'm yeah. just gonna like kill you before and, before okay. you do any more
2: genocide. <laughs> and she's monologuing yeah. as this so good. is dying in front of her, which so just good keeps talking.
0: I think that's one of my favorite. Like, I feel like this film has a lot of um, like subversion of superhero tropes, and I love I love that that moment is like he's about to villain monologue and she just immediately shoots him she gets the monologue (laughs) if anyone dares to say a negative word about their new president today their parents their children and anyone they ever loved will be sent to Jotunheim to feed the beast (laughs)
2: Recently, I made a promise to myself that the next time I got a boyfriend, I'd be on the lookout for red flags. And if I saw any, I would do the healthy thing. And I would murder him.
0: And killing kids. It's kind of a red flag. I also think that bringing up this idea of, like, the hero, like, dot here man getting to be the hero, like, that's something that you've talked about a lot, right, Fabiola? That this is, like... The idea of camp, of like not intending to be a hero, but you are a hero.
1: Yeah, but you said that on the first episode, I remember, and I had that mindset thinking about this movie.
0: And that kind of brings
2: me back to the last shot of petting the rat, and I feel like so much of the movie is, and camp in general is about what petting the rat means. It's, it's about embracing. Yeah, it's about just like embracing. Oh my
1: God. Like
2: I never trash of right. or low culture.
1: Yes. Like,
0: oh my God. This movie is actually genius. <laughs> Shit. I, the, the mono, like I felt like I didn't even think about that for the final shot. I, we're watching this film and, and hearing like rewatching the scene of, like the flashback of, of Cleo or Ratcatcher 2 and her father and where he's like, oh, like if the it's most taiko despised... Creatures- in a wig
1: doing yeah.
0: a port- Portuguese accent. But like, it's like, oh, the, the 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 line is something like the the most, if the most despised creatures have a purpose, then everyone has a purpose. I was like, wait, that's them. They're the yeah. Like
1: everyone can be a hero. Yeah. There's, there's also that, um, like aspect in in notes on camp again not that susan sod todd's essay is the be all end all on uh you know camp aesthetics but like there's a line in the essay where you know she describes camp sensibility as like things being what they are not like bad guys being superheroes that is basically the plot of this movie like the in a summary of this movie bad guys being superheroes like that is like it's it's superheroes in quotation marks it's yeah, yeah. the kind of concept in when you pitch it like that inherently
2: that also kind of leads me to one of my favorite scenes that i just realized like how special it is in my rewatch it's the strip club scene which oh. it's just it's just so beautiful and i love that it takes place in a strip club which most movies but not set like such a joyous beautiful scene at a
0: strip club to just talk about how it's such a joyous scene i think that like i don't know nicole have you had a lot of fun like watching these superhero films like on your episode (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i i get like
1: fun out of like making fun of them yeah. Um, what's not fun is like when I realize I'm like I've been watching a movie and like pausing to take notes for like an hour and a half and I still have like an hour and forty-five minutes of runtime left and that's gonna take me like two hours to get more than two hours to get through. That's not fun. Um but but like is this movie fun there's such a yeah, there's there's such a been a lot there's been such a loss of like spectacle. Like I think the la- the last time I had a good time with A Marvel movie was that first Avengers Um, and that's that's still like you know been very watered down since like like the my first reaction when it came out in like 2012 you know just spectacle is like a key thing of cinema and like I want to be entertained and I want to feel like joy yeah like when I watch something I want to see like colors and people having a good time and you know people doing wild ass shit that I you know can't see anywhere else You know, not, you know, someone, you know, saying things you'd put on a t-shirt in a poorly lit room and it's like gray shade, color corrected and looks terrible. But like this movie, I had like genuine joy watching, uh, like, 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 like I was clapping and I was watching this movie like by myself, like in my room, like in my apartment, and I, I mean, I do this all the time. Like my roommates, like thought it was kind of nuts for a couple uh, weeks because I would just be like in my room watching movies. And I'd be like, "Oh hell no, oh god," and just like cheering and like hooting and hollering like fucking uh, De Niro during Cape Fear. Uh, so I was, yeah, I was making, I was raising the fucking roof during Suicide Squad. Like, and yeah, that uh, the the strip club scene. I don't know. I just there should just be more strip club scenes in movies in general. There's just like, um, there's a specific aesthetic. It's it's also kind of why I love the movie Zola so much. Yeah. Like there's oh, such a shiny, like, though. you know, it's, it's, it's so also good. like about very much about artifice. Like it shares mm. that connection very much with camp, like, uh you know, glitter, uh just all, all these different like surfaces, sleeves, And like performance of femininity. Yeah. Mm. Like it's, it's very material- uh long story short uh my my joy watching these marvel movies is you know pro- has been progressively and steadily like declining um this is like suicide squad is a breath of fresh air <laughs> like after after like ch- choking on sawdust <laughs> for 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 like several weeks
0: how about some uh what you guys drink around here for net? I'm going to round it for now for the table, Brenda. See. Sí. Hey, piss my We're on a mission. Easy, Inspector Gadget. Little drink never hurt nobody. Except for the thousands of people killed in drunk driving accidents every year. Come on, Dubois. This could be our last drink. Gracias. Just one. You're going to be that guy? I'm going to be that guy. Hey, Chica. Forgot the rat. Here's to being alive in three hours. I'll be alive. You'll speak for yourself. One of the last things I, I want to say is, because you know we talk about how camp is layers, and I think one of the layers that I love about this film is that it's so like anti-imperialist and like anti, um, like very much criticizing America and yeah as much as these movies can
1: do like it's the most explicit about it like compared to all these other movies where it's just a gesture yeah uh it's just a gesture like the worst example, the best example and by i mean like the worst is also like captain america the winter soldier which everyone remembers Mm -hmm. that movie being like like oh it's it's super critical of you know the american security state and you know america's the bad guys like making it out to be like some like anti-fascist classic and it's not at all it's in completely you know it's not so it's just seeing this like as far as this movie can go which you know there's still restraints on like what how like political this movie can get in delving and criticizing like american empire because this is like a big budget major hollywood studio like production but like it you understand that Amanda Waller is the bad guy in this Mm -hmm. situation. It's not like, you know, this isn't, this, this isn't like a movie, like a Marvel movie where, you know, shield, it's like, Oh, they're a covert organization, but they're, you know, good at heart. It's like, no, the covert operation working here is like snaky and like terrible as shit. And they're funding all sorts of God awful things, uh, in the global south and like killing people and shit just for for you know preservation of the empire And this movie
0: makes a point of saying like this is what we do like literally and like, even is... like it says like okay america is covering up these operations it also has our heroes in quotes are also villains and they also enact a bunch of violence on the like the people of Cordo Maltese. and I, th- I think one of the scenes that like sticks out in my mind is that we have this like, oh, it's like this fun like competition between blood sport and peacemaker. Oh
1: yeah, when they, they go into the uh, camp and it's uh, the joke is at the end it's yeah, they're killing all these people and then it's, yeah, they're killing all these people and they' they're actually their allies. They're against like the the, the military uh, like uh, regime
0: on the island and the rebel leader is like yeah She's like what the fuck do you just do and she she's like you americans like yes yeah directly like even though oh they end up being the heroes it still has this like a message of like american america is violent in america and peacemaker is just that embodied too like the American,
1: yeah uh, the american empire spirit like embodied that is if you want to know what a true american superhero like a guy would be like you know as i said the real captain america would be peacemaker yeah and he would he would be like executing like people for jaywalking or not no he'd be like trying to like assassinate like colin kaepernick for kneeling or or whatever like yeah like that's that's america that is america
2: yeah and the camp of Peacemaker is not just his Silver Age outfit. It's that in combination with how really scary he is in this movie, He's it's both of those things working together.
0: Yeah,
1: which like, I, I also think there's something to be said about uh, camp and like, as I said earlier, like there's an inherent campiness to, uh, you know, the merging of cute aesthetics and like horrible violence. like. Camp sensibility, I feel, is so much like the combination of two very contrasting things
2: mm-hmm. yeah. together.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not to say that's always camp, but I feel like that uh, it's a thing that's used often, or you know, very common in campy sensibilities, or something that, or a way of drawing out something that's very campy, or like a, a meaning or an interpretation, or just a view of something through a camp lens. Is provided through like a stark contrast um and that that's the brilliance of this movie i think and contrasting like the bright aesthetics of you know what what used to be superhero movies like remember when superhero movies were like colorful yeah had like practiced some practical effects and people in costumes and they weren't just like walking around and like on a, a green screen with in like a green morph suit with like little bobbles attached themselves like you know the, the you know as i haven't seen the like batman and robin but like as bad as movie think people think that movie is it has a look to it like this movie has a look to it but it also you know has insanely grotesque disgusting violence <laughs> and a giant uh, horrifying space uh starfish that like rips Dr.
2: Who <laughs> apart at the end I just want to keep talking about Harley
1: <laughs> and it's so hard not to keep how. talking about Harley yeah we need to talk about Harley there you go there's your episode title we need to talk <laughs> about Harley uh just she's she's so good I love her yeah and
2: just the amount of layers and combinations that there are to her, like she's so deeply tragic, but so happy and mm. hyper feminine, but also is like
1: probably the most violent killer in this movie. Mm. Could probably kill you with a thumbtack. Yeah. It it's just it's just really amazing how well Margot Robbie embodies this role. It's like a role she was born to play. Mm-hmm. At like as with Barbie I think I I I I think I don't think any other actress could probably like pull off the sort of like combination of like because she's like a classic Hollywood like blonde bombshell beauty yeah and but that in combination with like Harley's vulgarity and her like insane manic pixie dream girl like on crack and like rabid sort of personality like it's it's that contrast as well between like the public image of her as a actress and a celebrity um and like a public figure and then just the crazy ass like out of control like juggalo id that is harley quinn like that's the fact that she's do she is like again it says a lot that like warner brothers they were they were like listen our kind of our only stipulation james gunn is that you can we'd like you to keep margot robbie like they knew what they they knew they struck gold and that was that casting i think um like we've already said like the casting for marvel movies often is what kind of keeps them from sinking completely into Mm -hmm. uh this they struck gold with margot robbie she is just like i i can't sing my praises enough for her yeah. as harley quinn and harley is like one of
2: the greatest female characters of all time and yeah i'd argue one of the greatest camp icons as well
1: yeah just you know she's always talking in that you know new york accent you know, just it's the hyper like, like the fucking nanny she talks like the nanny like fran drasher uh, she's just, you know, doing like, like I love the scene there um uh the squad there uh they they've just captured uh the thinker, uh Peter Cappadelli, uh so Doctor Who, and and they're like, you know, you 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 know, you tell anyone about this, you die. And Harley's just like going back and forth, you like, you know, you wear you, you know, you wear your pants backwards, you die. And she's just like going like she's just throwing out these stupid little things at them. And like it's also nice to see a woman doing that as opposed to like you know boring guy that they're just like having throw soy dialogue and like stupid quips it's so self
0: it's so self-aware that scene too because she's like she's like i am pacing back and i am i am walking back and forth she's
1: also just like it's such a fun voice to do too like no wonder she has no wonder she she loves playing harley uh yeah, she's, she's also, like, camp-embodied in a very feminine way as well. I
0: agree. We fail the mission, you die. If we find out any information you give us is false, you die. If we find out you have personalized license plates, you die. What? No. If you mismatch blacks, you die. No. If you cough without covering your mouth... Harley, those last three aren't things. Although probably don't need to say this but that isn't an open invitation for you to cough without covering your mouth.
2: The the intro credits. I think like that's the one last thing I want that like we yes. could talk about. It's yes. the intro credits and the song selection. And yeah.
0: The one we're seeing about everyone dying.
2: It's like very overtly violent and joyous. Yeah.
0: That entire
2: sequence.
0: It, it like it's fun. having fun with death. It, it's having fun <laughs> yeah. with Yeah. It's also, like, not being, it's not hiding the fact that the, all of the people, like, working for Amanda Waller are, are so desensitized to death. They're, they're making death, bets yeah. about it. They're just like, oh, who's going to die first? Well, I'll I'll pay, like, $20, you know, this person. Because
1: that's, there's, like, that's also, I, I feel like the Verhoeven element, too, where it's, like, that is... That is the most accurate representation of like what the united states government does Mm. than like anything you'll see in a marvel movie
2: the movie's very overtly having fun with these types of situations
1: (sighs) uh you know camp is also a like you know making the serious unserious uh Like that sort of aspect as well. Like putting everything in quotation marks, but there's in, in doing that also, it's like showing just how absurd it is in the first
0: place. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's like true. It's true to this. It's true to the vibes. Just because you're criticizing what's happening doesn't mean you can't have fun with it. I just
1: like, I miss when movies were fun. Like this, like I, I say miss as if like this movie didn't come out like last year. Yeah. But yeah, no. If if anyone has listened to this podcast thus far, uh, first go listen to my po- my podcast. As yes, well. uh, it's called Marvelous of the Death of Cinema. Yes, we also have a pa- we also have a Patreon. Um, so please, if you're if you feel generous, uh, consider becoming a patron of ours. Um, last thing I would say is just this is a. I highly recommend this movie to anyone who's fucking sick of bloated ass cg green screen marvel movies yeah it's also like a great movie in general and it's a great <laughs> yeah. movie in general if, if you love if you love head explosions come see this movie do you have a, a twitter or
0: someplace that oh can, yes can i completely
1: you? forgot to share my handle um so my my handle is basically the same for like all my social media it's uh Kunsaragi with a k uh, it's a, a pun on Misao Katsuragi's last name. And I came up with it in the shower. And I was like, I'm changing all of my social media handles to that now. So yeah, follow me on Twitter at
0: Katsuragi. You can find us on Twitter at GivingCampPod.
2: And on Instagram at pod.
0: Our theme music that you are listening to right now is by Harrison Lurie. Shout out to our patrons, Nicole and Jose. I'm Saffron Heftegow. I'm online at Gal Hefta.
2: And I'm Fabiola Liano. And you can find me on Twitter at Fabiola underscore Liano.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy your podcast, please recommend it to your friends. But yeah, no,
1: this was, this was great. I am so happy I finally got to talk about A superhero movie that isn't just okay if not like just uh, just aggressively mediocre and spelling the the end of uh the film industry as we know it uh so thank you guys for having me on so much yeah this this was so
2: fun
0: i've
1: had so much fun
0: (laughs) yeah thank you for for coming (laughs) yeah yeah